0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather bible carrying case and cover pull up a chair and let's dig in
1: well aaron i'm just thinking about it everybody's getting this uh, episode on um the 26th which is uh the feast day of saint james the apostle how are you feeling about that
0: well, I'll be celebrating the feast day of St. St James the Apostle. Um I think I'll be in uh uh Stockholm if uh if I remember correctly. Really? Um that's how we're spending our you Going to the You go to
1: the ABBA at museum? At the end
0: of our sabbatical. What's that? Going to the ABBA museum? Is there one? Of course. Uh yeah. So, uh, little in oh, fact, uh, I grew, I lived in Stockholm as a kid uh and I haven't seen it since I was 5 years old. So Do you speak Swedish? It'll be, heck no I, I went to a british school yeah, yeah. well you yeah. have to go to Fotografiska while you're there
1: and what is that to the santa clara kirka so great great i places. know the second
0: one is what's the first one that you said
1: Fotografiska is like the fancy pants swedish photography museum that's uh, okay. in stockholm Tallinn, estonia and new york city so right next to actually calvary st george's so
0: yeah okay well there you go let's end with the travel recommendations for scandinavia and uh let's jump in as we are now uh um the first sunday in august is coming up so this is the 10th sunday after pentecost and uh as we're you know we're really now getting into the the deep days of summer where people are kind of wishing for fall my prayer as we record this uh in may of 2021 is that when people are listening um vaccinations will be uh widely and easily available not only in this country for all ages but around the world and uh, so hopefully headed towards a fall that will be more hopeful than the last one so yeah uh as we, as we look at it, we're going to be seeing uh, readings in 2 Samuel chapter 11 as we now continue the story of David and Bathsheba and this telenovela-style situation here Boy, this is, in the palace uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, we're going to uh, then move into, continue with St. Paul and Ephesians 4, uh, where we get into some of the things uh, where Paul is now going to kind of do the... Based on all the love and the gospel that he's been talking about, now we get into, so, what does this look like? Yeah, yeah, what does this look like? And then uh, and then continue in John 6, as we will be in the sixth chapter of John. Jeez, John, do you think you could divide it into a few more chapters? Mm-hmm. Uh, the longest chapter ever, John chapter 6. Uh, so, that's where we are. So, let's dig in, uh, starting back with King David, picking up where we left off. Meanwhile, in Gotham City, David has killed Uriah by sending him to the thickest part of the battle so that he would surely die, so that this he would This is never like find a telenovela. Out. Yeah, I know, I know. Mentiras! So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mentiras means lies in Spanish. Mentiras! Okay, so... By the way, do you know there is a telenovela about like a soccer player that died and like he's in heaven now, but he kind of still interferes in earthly affairs and no. anyways, it's <laughs> no. amazing. They are they are bizarre. I like, um, what is
1: uh, um, my favorite one that I was using to practice getting ready for my Spanish? El, la tierra de mis padres or something like that. It's just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's so funny uh, I, I've been to Mexico a lot and I don't think I've anybody ever seen anybody that I mean I'm, my mom's Mexican I don't think I've ever seen anybody in Mexico that looks or lives like anybody in the telenovelas maybe I haven't been to the right places mm-hmm. but man if you had a life like that uh, I don't know I just pretty, I, pretty would, I would love to dress like
1: that for like a day or two you know like the, <laughs> like a leather uh, cowboy shirt uh, <laughs> buttoned uh, buttoned only like midway And then um, clearly, I'd need to be in a size, you know, 38 pants, but uh, I'd be wearing a size 32 with a giant buckle and a black hat, and have a mustache.
0: In any way. Well, we're not. I mean, gosh, let's. uh, Anyway, but let's 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 get back to Uriah. Boundaries, discipline. Stick to the text. That's right. That's right. Second, Second Samuel. Uh, So, yeah, the the Uriah is dead. Bathsheba is pregnant with David's child., mm-hmm. uh, the king is involved deep into a scandal. And he thinks he's covered it up. Yeah. He thinks that uh, only a few people know what he did with Uriah. And they're cool with uh, and it. He's, what he's trying to do is get Uriah dead quickly so that he can have this whirlwind romance with Bathsheba in public, bring her into the palace and make it look like the child that they've conceived is sort of within the proper time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of like rush into City Hall as quickly as possible after you get the negative preg- the positive pregnancy test back, but uh, and also killing somebody along the way. Uh, to make sure uh, you don't get in trouble for adultery.
1: And so what happens is is he thinks he's got it and along comes uh, the prophet Nathan. And uh, Nathan Nathan begins to uh, basically give a parable, an earthly illustration of uh, a real, real dark truth. And uh, he begins to, uh, you know, he talks about this guy who's come and he's stolen this little lamb from this poor dude. And, uh, you know, David, and this is the problem with self-righteousness, is it blinds you to uh, your own issues. It says, David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this, mentiras, the man who has done this deserves to die, muertos. And then, uh, and, anyway, <laughs> and then anyway, so, um, and, uh, you know, we're going to restore this lamb, uh, fourfold. And then anyway, Nathan in total telenovela fashion, he goes, "You're the man." Tú eres el hombre. So anyway, uh, that's what happens, and uh, boy, and uh, he basically goes to list all of the privilege that he had been given. How could you be so have so much privilege and be so darn blind? You know, you have despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in His sight and uh you know and really condemns i mean it just crushes david and uh and you know this is i mean talk about speaking truth to power
0: amen yeah it's pretty it's also interesting how how nathan has the wisdom to use a story to kind of rather than a direct frontal assault against david you know accusing which david probably would have reacted defensively he he shows just the effective of stories to create an emotional response, and, uh, and and enables David to hear this hear this word, and at the end, of course, obviously to come to repentance, um, and uh, and there's there's results there's I mean the actions have consequences, and he says you know thus says the Lord I will raise up trouble against you from within your own house and your wives are going to go to your neighbors and all this sort of stuff. Um, This is a way of describing what, in in sort of using theological language, um, what happens in a family when there is deception and secrets and dysfunction and uh, self-absorption and and all of that, because, um, you know, David's family is dysfunctional, and it's going to have consequences across generations i mean absalom and beyond so um so and david does realize the realize his wrong and and you know as we're going to see later on he does repent and all that but but this is um the 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 mistake on this would be to um want to preach this in a way that distances us from david it shows david as some like special extra sinful human being um the thing that david does here we have all done we have all in big and small ways done things that are against our own principles rationalized it in our own head covered our tracks and are carrying these secrets around with us um and they absolutely have uh consequences in our lives every day um there's that uh, lady who operates Craigslist Confessional. It was just mentioned again on the Mockingcast recently. Uh, um, while you're listening to this, this will be <laughs> the Mockingcast that came out way back in like late April, early May of 2021. But um, a woman who offered to just listen to people's stories, she put on Craigslist for free. I'll listen to whatever you want to tell me. And just all these people unburdening all these secrets they have for hours and hours on end. It into her book and then like it's kind of her job. But um, the the there's not a single person who on some respect has not had a david-like experience of doing something covering it up and maybe getting caught maybe not getting caught yet um but we don't preach this in a way that's like judge judgy we preach it in a way that says this is the human condition this is what paul is talking about um in romans about everybody falling short of the glory mm-hmm. of god um and uh, jesus christ being rich in his grace towards towards all anything yeah. you would add to this
1: well yeah I mean i would I would say everything, but um even in the midst of this like horrible, horrible thing, yeah, um uh, David knew who his God was and that his God was uh, one the God who forgives sins, and you know, and that's you know that is I mean confession doesn't come about when you think that god uh, is holding the sword of Damocles over your throat, you know what I mean. Yes, Mm. this this act had ramifications, but in the end, David knew because of the promise that he had been given earlier, that um, that God was will redeem the whole thing. And if you preach this text, try and go to Psalm 51, because this is the psalm that uh, David wrote in light of everything that had happened here. And you know, and he writes, um, "Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving devotion." according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash me clean of my iniquity and cleanse mm. me from my sin for i know my transgressions and my sin is always <clears throat> before me against yeah. you you only have i sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be proved right when you speak and blameless when you judge you know when paul quotes this to to, to like to really back up in romans what you said uh, all of us, uh, there is a David inside all of us. and um, But never forget, um, David's greater son has died for um, us sinners, uh, has died for us adulterers, has died for us murderers, and uh, by his death has blotted out all of our sins, all of our transgressions, and has washed us clean.
0: Amen well that'll take us now as we move uh on uh towards this reading in ephesians and what does it look like when somebody has been given this gift of of uh, god's grace in jesus christ and he this is a passage where you people often use it as a as a call to obedience to the law in a legalistic way but uh i think um you and i will agree on this jake that it's really a call to to deeper rootedness in the gospel. So, yeah. um, he, Paul's in prison as he writes this, and he says, I, therefore, prisoner and the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Now, what does that mean? So, um, we tend to think of sin in individualistic terms, and so we think that a life worthy of the calling is to be individually clean, um, not sinning, no evil thoughts no uh spending sprees on materialistic items um no cuss words no porn no all those things and again to the extent that those things are destructive and bad yeah i mean that is a part of it but what's interesting is that what he he then describes what it looks like and he doesn't talk about any real individualistic sins. He talks about things about how we live in community, um, patience and bearing with one another in love, humility, gentleness, patience, which you can only display in community. You can't be humble by yourself. You can't be gentle by yourself. You have to be gentle to someone. You have to show humility to someone. You have to be patient with someone. And he says bearing with one another in love. So just being for forgivers like you have been forgiven, uh, and by the way again the only way you do that is to remember the hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism and then each one of us has been given grace yeah. um so he wants you to get more rooted in grace and let grace be the thing that shows itself in your life that's what it means to live a life worthy of the calling to get deeper and deeper connected to the gospel and and, and then that that expresses itself in how you treat other people
1: yeah and uh you know and it's it is I think that's an important thing to do, say is that it is the same gift you know it's it's the gift of Jesus uh the mm. gift of his love the gift of his mercy uh the gift of his grace um and that which uh leads some to be called to be apostles the sent out ones some to be prophets those who speak the word of God preachers are, in other words evangelists some pastors and teachers but it's all for a very specific purpose and um and uh, it's to equip the saints, build up the body, uh, so that we might attain uh, the unity of worship. And, uh, and that is, I mean, so it's all for a specific purpose, and that's how it plays out. And you see that wherever the gospel is actually preached, it really brings people from all sorts of backgrounds together and uh -hmm. and this is what happened this is one of the reasons why i think the floor is falling out of the church in so many ways is because um uh, we have forgotten that we have forgotten that one faith, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, being rooted in grace. We're all being rooted in, like, you know, new business strategies. We've been, we're trying to be rooted in all of these different things, you know what I mean? And uh, moving from one program to the next, being tossed to and fro um, for all sorts of things. And so, and we don't even know what we're doing anymore. And as a result, mm-hmm. the church just gets fractured. But when it's rooted in that gospel, that gospel, it, it equips the saints, it builds them up, and it enables us to attain a unity uh, that the world has never seen.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Paul goes on to quote here Psalm 88, about he ascended on high and he made captivity, a cap- Psalm 68, sorry, and he gave gifts to his people. Paul does something really interesting, just a little kind of side note uh, for nerdy seminarian types, uh, that this is Paul's... Um, application of an Old Testament psalm to Jesus Christ and saying the fact that it said, and in its original context was understood to be about Yahweh, but the fact that the psalm says he ascended, Paul says, it all, you know, in a little parenthetical note, Paul's own commentary on scripture says, when it says he ascended, it means that this person must have also descended. You can't ascend if you've never descended. Um, And so, He says this is talking about Jesus Christ, the one who was incarnated, the one who descended to the lower parts of the earth. Um, And so he says this is about Jesus, and he gives gifts to people. And then he begins to talk that these gifts are gifts of ministry in the church Mm -hmm. uh, to equip the saints for building up the body of Christ. Um, And again, uh, this is often something that people are going to think about building up the body of christ is just getting holier and holier uh, every day in every way Um, but this again is about coming back to the truth of the gospel and he says when he says we must no longer be children tossed to and fro blown about by every wind of doctrine people's trickery and their craftiness and deceitful scheming but speaking the truth in love we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into christ now again we read this so moralistically speaking the truth in love has come to mean telling somebody you know that they need to get their act together i'm glad Um, you're touching on this. it's so good you're a better christian than they are and they need to be as good of a christian as you are i've noticed there's some flaws in your life jake Mm -hmm. and i'd like you to correct them and let me now quote the bible to you to tell you to stop doing those things i'm every time somebody came to me
1: and said i want to speak the truth and love to you i reached for my holster
0: It's a Christian phrase for, I'm about to be an a-hole to you, uh, and you better back away. You leave the room quickly if anybody ever says, I'm going to speak the truth in love. Because what this means in context, he's saying, don't be a child tossed to and fro by wind of doctrine, meaning people who are coming in and undermining the gospel, because this was always Paul's... uh, Uh, challenge in ministry he would preach the free grace of god and people would come in and say actually there are a few things you have to do um starting with circumcision now do you have a sharp knife yeah and so um this was always paul's problem people always wanted to add things to the gospel jesus plus something else and so, he says, there's always going to be people that are come along and try to do that, but you have to speak the truth in love and grow into Christ, which means you have to continue to speak the truth of the gospel to yourself and to other people that they are forgiven, they are freed, and there's nothing that they can add now to the completed work of Christ on the cross. That's what it means speaking the truth in love, not telling people how to better organize their time, uh, manage their money. Aaron. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I could do with some <laughs> both of those things, but but... I, anyways yeah
1: and and it's in that speaking the truth in love what, what is the truth in love but the gospel the good news of the gospel amen that becomes the enabling word by which we grow up in every way into him who is the head you know you want you want people to mature you want people to grow in their faith you don't give them a law you don't crush them you uh, give them the good news of god's grace amen
0: well, uh, speaking of good news, let's see what Jesus is up to in John <laughs> chapter 6. So, he has, uh, he's, he's fed 5,000, uh, yeah, he's walked on he's water. Walked, he's fed, but let's just go, but emphasize that. He has fed
1: 5,000 people uh, with uh, five loaves and a couple of fish. And it was more
0: people because 5,000 was just the dudes. The yeah. women and
1: children were like even more. And he's just walked on water. And the people, I mean, I love this. They're just kind of like, wait, what? Rabbi, when did you come here? You weren't in the boat with us. You know, so um, you you subtract all the other options. Well, he clearly walked on water to get here. And so, um, you know, so I mean, but that you have to understand those two things, plus all the other miracles he's been doing in order for you to understand uh, kind of the dialogue that's about to take place.
0: Yeah, so, the people say, oh uh, well, Jesus first, he doesn't answer their question, yes. That's a typical Jesus. They're like, when did you get here? Which couldn't be less important. It's the least important question you could ask Jesus if you saw him. Uh, like, Jesus shows up in your bedroom, it's like, oh, did you come in the front door? Did you come into the garage? It's like, this doesn't matter, but they ask it anyways um he's i guess he's caught them off guard so they ask like those nervous questions yeah
1: Um, but and when he cuts right through it he's like i know why you're looking for me and it's the wrong thing you're looking for me not because you saw the signs but because you think i'm an all-around wonderful entertainer you know you you ate your bunch of bread and you're hungry again here we are you know and so he says i love this so pastoral do not work for food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Like, come to me. Mm-hmm. And, and then they Son ask him the key that,
0: question. It's the, that title, by the way, of the, the from the book of Daniel, kind of the, the messianic one who is coming from mm-hmm. God. Anyways, yeah, so but go ahead. Jake then they're Charles. like, well, okay, but
1: um, you know, what must we be doing to perform the works of God? And Jesus answers them, quiet times. Speak the truth in love to your annoying roommate. You know, uh, all of these things. And he no, he says this is the work. Approved music, Michael W. Smith,
0: Amy Grant, (laughs) all Hillsong recordings. Be
1: an amazing, wonderful community organizer. Um, You know, um, uh, all of these things. No, this is the work. Be very woke. Yeah. Yeah, This is the work of God that you, it's so simple. That you believe in him whom he has has sent. Uh, That's the work. You want to do the work of God? Believe in Jesus Christ for absolutely, positively
0: everything. You know, um, uh, that's what it is. And and by the way, this is a hermeneutical key that unlocks so much of the gospel because so many different places, as well as in the gospels themselves, in John's gospel, in the synoptics, uh, which means Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in the letters of St. Paul, there's going to be so many places where it says, like, you know, keep God's commandments, follow the commandments or whatever. And knowing this is because so often, again, we hear, we always want to read the Bible moralistically, we always want to think it's telling us rules of how to live because on some level that makes us feel more righteous and it makes us feel like we're in control. Mm-hmm. The Bible's about rules. We've all been fed this line and everybody believes it deep down, but this, is, this comes directly against that. And so, every time you hear a call to follow the commandments or to obey God or something like that, always come back to John 6 where he says, what is the work of God? That you believe in him who he sent. Mm-hmm. Cling to Jesus uh, so- and, and what he's done for you. So, but remember, he fed them, he's
1: just walked on water, he's been doing a lot of things, and they say to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? Well, first of all, you can't see it, you gotta hear it. But what work are you performing? And then they give him the zinger, you know, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, you know, uh, for 40 years, and then here, this is my favorite response to Jesus. Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the br- the true bread from heaven. Um, for the um, oops, um, I missed I missed that. I think that's in another part. But he's like they all ate their fill of the manna and still died. So anyway, I got ahead of myself. Um, but um, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. But anyway, um, it's okay,
0: Jake, Jake. Your brain is so full of scripture. Yeah. That we can't <laughs> fault you <through laughs> for the Holy Spirit bringing to mind another verse.
1: It's totally it's, fine. Okay. Carry on. So, anyway, but so uh, um, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. But this is the point that the manna in the wilderness was never about just simply the man in the wilderness, it was to point them to Jesus. Jesus was that manna in the wilderness. Jesus, you know, um, what is manna? You know, what is it? He is that free bread given to you. And this is the gift, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And it's still giving bread. And this, this account, they say, sir, give us this bread always. In which he says, ego me, hearkening back to that Exodus moment. He says, you know, when, when Moses says, who shall I say that your I am sent you? He ties that in, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And that is it. A lot uh, of people don't is realize
0: this is, this is the beginning of the renewal movement because Peter had a guitar and they started singing, <laughs> I am the bread of life. I actually love that song, dude. It is great. It is, organists hate it because the meter is totally crazy. And uh-huh. It's hard to play. I but, love yeah, it. I'm people always like, it. dude, put that zinger in. And uh, I will raise them up. Um, the thing that is... Uh, really wonderful here is how terrible the human beings are in this story um they you know um he says you want to get more bread um but you should really care more about eternal life not temporary food and they say okay well what do we have to do for this bread (laughs) and uh and he says look you just gotta believe in the one he's saying you gotta believe in me okay then well how prove it how should why should we believe in you And even though they're they're asking him to give them more miracle bread, right? So, they clearly kind of already do believe that he can do that, but they just want more. And so, it's like, okay, give us a sign. Um, Another one. Yeah. And by the way, Moses, he made bread show up on the ground every day. Uh, And he didn't even start with five loaves. Uh, And uh, and so, again, Jesus um, is so gracious and patient with them he he just kind of directs them and says look you know i'm going to give you this bread from heaven um to give life to the world and find that like okay okay give it to us um and then he <laughs> says that it, that it's him so um the attitude of the people is really just sort of it's just so human and it's going to um, get
1: hotter next week
0: yeah it is going to get hotter that's where we're going to see gonna what i was talking about here. sorry by the way speaking of hot in here nelly is performing in waco uh In a few weeks, and it's sold out, so I won't be going to that. Really? Stay tuned. Does he still wear a Band-Aid on his face? I don't know. what I don't know. I can't (laughs) tell you that. But I can tell you his career is at a point where he's playing in Waco, Texas. But I bet. (laughs) So I can hear. I can hear. with The the venue that is hosting it, the Backyard Bar and Grill, uh, has this kind of outdoor place. Uh, it's a cool, it's a cool like uh, ice house uh, beer joint kind of place. Mostly plays country, but it is going to be, I think, off the hook when Nelly plays it. And when he launches into that song, I'm betting as his encore, I will be able to hear it from my house, two miles away, and it is going to be hot in here. I want to take off all my clothes. Not really. That's just the next line of the song. <laughs> that's Since good. Some of our listeners are not familiar with Nelly's oeuvre. Okay, so uh, that I think we've we've got I mean, track when enough. When you when you took it to Nelly.
1: And uh, uh-huh. we were in the novellas. Uh, this is the biggest. Oh, um, Nelly. Yeah. What what could be the title of
0: this particular episode? The distracted episode, or something like that. I don't know. T- Nele bella anyways uh yeah john 6 the work of that that god wants is just that you trust in jesus and rest in him yeah uh and th- and that's what paul wants you to come back to again and again to come back to the gospel come back to the love uh that you have this is what um this is what the christian life is about and so and i think that'll kindness, do it unless... and
1: this and this tremendous kindness
0: leads to repentance like we see in uh, his servant right. david so that's right amen well that'll do it for uh this first Sunday in August and uh and uh yeah, we'll see you next week. Keep it hot. Somebody's looking, somebody cares, somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know it crucified him, buried him. But three days later well the stone got rolled away. Thanks for listening to same old song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.